Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Hey friend, welcome back for another episode of the Your Hair Mentor podcast, where I am your host and hair mentor, Crystal Green. And holy smokes, my friend, I have got to tell you, I have just been overwhelmed lately. I mean, not like actually overwhelmed, but like delighted. That's a better word. I have been delighted lately by the amount of positive feedback I've gotten for the podcast. Y'all have been so nice in my DMs on social media, and I've gotten some emails, and I've gotten some sweet-ass reviews. So those of you that are doing that, thank you so much. It is very much appreciated. It does not go unnoticed by yours truly. Um, So I just wanted to get that out before we jumped into this week's guest, which is a bit of a curveball for you. Um, I am interviewing someone that is not not a beauty pro or even in the beauty industry at all. But believe it or not, we're going to tie it back to the beauty industry and give you some amazing value. Now, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I have always enjoyed a good quiz, even if it was one of those like goofy quizzes that was on the back of a Cosmo magazine or teen magazine or people magazine. I swear, even like my husband's outdoor magazine has quizzes he can take that are like, what kind of outdoorsman are you? Right? I love these kind of things. And so the guest that I have for you today, she's not doing those sort of quizzes, but she works in the realm of Enneagrams. And if you're not familiar with Enneagram or the Enneagram system, you will be by the time we get done with this podcast. And if you are aware of it, you're probably like me and you're like a little intrigued, kind of curious as to how this might play into roles as a hairstylist or the client hairstylist relationship. And we're going to unpack 
all of that for you today. But um, I'm not going to make you take a quiz. If you want to, you can, and I'll have some information on that at the end of the show here. But I encourage you just to like sit back and listen to this really fascinating system that is more or less like a personality kind of thing. So anyway, before I say too much that I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to go ahead and introduce you to my friend Ashton, better known as Enneagram Ashton on social media and all of her website pages. Welcome to the show. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and just say thank you to Ashton for being here. I Am I pronouncing that correctly, Ashton? Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm so excited to have you here. And I feel like this is kind of a little treat for my listeners because I normally talk to beauty industry pros and I speak mm-hmm. to hairstylists, but most hairstylists are really intrigued with things like um, personality tests and horoscopes and zodiac stuff and like dare I say the the woo stuff right yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so I know I'm fascinated with Enneagram stuff and so you're here today as uh, what is your your Instagram handle Enneagram Ashton Enneagram Ashton so Enneagram Ashton is here today to share with us Enneagrams and then I kind of want to hear like your story and how you got to be where you are so maybe can you give us like a quick intro of like where you're located and just like a little tidbit about you first Yeah. So my name is Ashton. I'm Enneagram Ashton on Instagram and I am located in central Pennsylvania. I have um, two little kids. I have a two and a half year old girl and a five month old baby, a husband, a rescue pup. Um, And I have my bachelor's and master's degree in psychology. And that's how I first got started in the Enneagram because, you know, learning about psychology for many years, you always hear about different personality tests. And it wasn't until I was in my master's program that I discovered the Enneagram and ultimately kind of changed my life because I'd always been into these tests, but I was like, something's missing. And when I learned about the Enneagram, which I'm sure I'll talk to you about today, it's more of a tool instead of a test where you can learn not just about yourself, but about others. And so from there, then I created my Instagram account and ended up becoming certified. And that's what led me to here today. That's so cool. Yeah. I'd love to get into a little bit um, how the Enneagram can play into us as service providers and those that we serve, because I'm sure if there's some knowledge behind who you're serving and how you can serve them, it'll come a little easier. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, what's difficult about the Enneagram is that, I mean, what's difficult and what's amazing about the Enneagram is that it isn't about your behaviors, it's about your motivation. So it's a personality typing system that separates people into nine different types or nine different ways of viewing the world. And so uh, there are stereotypical behaviors that are associated with each of the types, But it's about our motivations, our biggest fears, and our biggest desires that drive our behaviors. So as service providers, when you're looking at people and looking at their behaviors, you might not be able to tell their Enneagram type because you're looking at behaviors instead of motivations. But what it can do is spark conversation where you can start to, you know, say to them, have you heard of the Enneagram? Do you know your type? How can, and then learn to, you know, how can I um, change this behavior or this uh, relationship 
based on knowing that knowledge about one another. Right. I almost envision it as part of like an onboarding system for stylists, you know, to see new clients. Like we like to send out consultation forms Mm -hmm. and things like that. And there might be just like a little addition they can send out that's like, and take this Enneagram test so you can know each other even better. Yeah, absolutely. And as I'm also a part-time professor and that's kind of what I do with my students, right? Where I'm like, hey, um, I don't know if you've heard of the Enneagram before, but take this test, like look into these types and tell me what you think you are so that I know how to interact with you better. So similarly, I think it can be really impactful for the service providers as well. Yeah. You know what I find so fascinating about, I, I don't know a ton about the Enneagram stuff. I want you mm-hmm. to kind of dig with us a little bit more into that. But from what I've learned at first, it just seemed like this kind of, um, fringy, funny thing, right? Like, oh, sure. Let me take this quiz and figure out what my Enneagram type is. Just like you'd take on the back of a Cosmo magazine. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I heard of people using it in like professional settings where, um, you know, like individuals would have on their doors, their office doors, like what their Enneagram number is. Yeah. As a way to be like, hey, this is how I interact with the world. And so like if you step into my office, you know that you're dealing with an Enneagram three. Yeah, totally. And And I love that because like I said, it can be super helpful to learning how to interact with other people. And sometimes I just wish that like we could go in the world with like name tags on our <laughs> on ourselves like hi I'm an Enneagram too or like hi I'm an Enneagram four so that we can learn how to interact with other people. And I think you know in general we tend to as humans, we tend to like get stuck in the way that we do things. And the Enneagram kind of reminds us that there are other ways of thinking that are out there and other ways to do things based on our Enneagram type. Hmm. That's cool. Do you know, I know you're not like um, the creator of the Enneagram, but do you know like the history of it and like when it was established and how it was established? So it is a very old system. It's so old that we can't exactly pinpoint the exact like year that it was created or established because it's between two to 4,000 years old. Like it's very old. Mm -hmm. What? That's crazy. And so it wasn't really until, um, you know, it started in the Middle East and then it kind of, you know, teachers like took it to South America and then teachers from North America who were down studying in South America, like brought it back here to the United States um, and to North America as, as a whole. And, you know, the first books like weren't really written in English until like the 1970s, 1980s. And so, you know, it's very old and it has like a very blurry history because of that. Um, But you know, it's increased in popularity recently because of the internet, mm-hmm. social media, you know, we have access to more, you know, just information at our fingertips. Whereas, you know, before it took longer, obviously, for people, things to spread from, you know, one part of the world to the next. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, you know, it it's, it's start, but it's one of the oldest like typing systems that's out there. And it's based on like that symbol that you see when it comes to the Enneagram, um, where people, you know, drew that symbol to uh, represent the nine different types and and the nine points of the circle. Isn't that fascinating that that kind of illuminates how um, humans have not 
changed a whole lot in the last couple thousand years that something that's that old is still something that resonates with us so well in modern times. Yes. That's like super fascinating to me that, you know, so many things have changed. Think about obviously, you know, the way that we read and write and access information, but at the root of it, we all have these motivations that have existed for so many years. Awesome. So can you give us, I know that it's a lot to like break down the Enneagram system um, personally, because I've like read in it, but for someone that has no clue what we're talking about, can you give us kind of like a 40,000 foot view of like what the Enneagram types are and then like some key points for each of them? Yeah. So like I said, your Enneagram type is based on your motivation instead of behavior and your motivations are made up of your biggest fears and your biggest desires. And so there are nine different types. And like I said, it's kind of like nine ways of viewing the world, like nine different um, lenses and, and life views. So the one is the reformer. Their biggest desire is to be seen as a good person, to be moral, ethical, right, and to do the right thing. And then their biggest fear is then being seen as a bad person or being wrong or doing the wrong thing, things like that. The two is the helper. Their biggest desire is to be loved, wanted, appreciated, needed by by the people around them. And then their biggest fear is being unloved, unwanted, not needed, not appreciated. The three is the achiever. So their biggest desire, they do want to, you know, achieve success, but ultimately they want to be respected, valued, validated for the things that they're doing. And then their biggest fear is failure the most. They fear failure the most, but then they also fear um, being seen as like incompetent or incapable of doing something. Mm. The four is the individualist. So their biggest desire is to be seen as unique or different or special or to create significance in life. And then their biggest fear is being seen as like insignificant or um, kind of boring. They also fear that something is like inherently wrong with them or that they're like defective in some sort of way. Okay. The five is the investigator. Their biggest desire is to seek knowledge. So they want to be able to be knowledgeable and then to be competent and for people to know that they like know the things. Mm. And then their biggest fear is arrogance or um, ignorance. Sorry. They fear being seen as ignorant or just like not knowledgeable or not able to uh, do something. Mm. The six is the loyalist. So their biggest uh, desire is safety, security, seeking guidance from other people. And then their biggest fear is typically fear itself. So they fear fear, Mm. um, but then also being without that support, guidance, or security from other people. Mm Mm-hmm. Sevens are the enthusiasts. They're the most outgoing on the Enneagram. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that's me. (laughs) Their biggest desire is they do want to have fun, but ultimately they're like seeking contentment in whatever they're doing. So they're looking for that contentment piece. And then their biggest fear, they do have FOMO, but they also fear um, being trapped in like any sort of emotional pain or negativity. 
The eight is the challenger. So their biggest desire is um, to protect themselves and other people. And then their biggest fear is being seen as weak, powerless, or controlled in some way. Mm. And then the nine is the peacemaker. So their biggest desire is to maintain a peaceful environment for themselves, for the people around them. And then their biggest fear is conflict. So they fear conflict the most. It doesn't mean that other people don't fear conflict. It just makes up the biggest motivation for nine. So they fear conflict and also being um, separated from the people that they love. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I know that was a yeah. lot, but um, <laughs> that's, it's really fascinating to me because as you're going through each of these, obviously I said I, I identify as a seven for sure, yeah. but it's like, as you're describing this, I can think of particular people in mm-hmm. my life that I would describe as each of these numbers, right? Right. Yeah. Even though there's like little parts and pieces of each of the description that I could identify with also, right? Like right. we all probably have a little bit of each of those, but there's obviously like the ones that shine uh, most brightly. Yeah. So it's really mm-hmm. fascinating. Um, now I've heard, uh, I don't know anything about this part of it, but you can have like wings of yeah. certain things. And so does, tell me what that means. Yeah, so the wings are the numbers on either side of your main type. So a common misconception is that it's just like your second highest score. And it could be if it's next to your type, like it has to be next to your type. Some people will say like, I'm a seven wing three. And I'm like, that's not possible, you know? Okay. Um. <clears throat> so my thoughts on tests in general, tests are a really great place to start because they can give us a lot of valuable information. But the reality is, is that we're human and sometimes we'll answer tests in ways we want other people to perceive us instead of like who we actually are, or we'll answer tests based on our behaviors instead of our motivations. And so, like I said before, you might, you know, have shared motivations with other Enneagram types, but what makes up your type is your motivation. So for example, conflict. I'm assuming that as a seven, you don't like love conflict. Nope. Yeah. So, (laughs) and same with me as a two, I'm a two. So I also don't love conflict, but remember we said that for the nine, it makes up their biggest motivation, right? So sevens, nines, twos, all dislike conflict, which is a behavior Mm -hmm. or nines. They dislike conflict because it like messes with their peace. It like Mm -hmm. disturbs their peace. For twos, they dislike conflict because of the relationship piece. So they feel like they're going to be unloved or unwanted or it's going to harm their relationships. For sevens, they associate conflict with like negativity, remember? So they avoid negativity or emotional pain. And so that's why they dislike conflict. So again, a similar behavior, but different motivations dependent on your type. But anyways, back to ways. <laughs> um So that's my thoughts on tests in general is sometimes we answer tests because of behaviors, but it really is about those motivations. Right. So for uh, wings, it's the same where you can take a test, but really you just have to look at the types on either side of your main type and see what resonates with you. So like as a seven, your wings could either be a six or an eight. And so you would just look at the six and the eight and see what resonates with you the most. Mm-hmm. Um, a con- another common misconception is that 
you only have one wing when in reality you can access both of them. So most people do have a wing that they feel like is stronger than the other one. So I'm a two with a very strong three wing, but that doesn't mean that my one wing doesn't exist. It's just not as strong or as developed as my three wing. Gotcha. And then I've heard that there's, um, you know, times of our lives or like, um, what would you call it? Stages of our lives when maybe we are like living our best life or not living Mm -hmm. our best life. And then there's characteristics associated with each of the Enneagram numbers that are going to like show more in that time. Am I saying that correctly? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So because the Enneagram is a symbol with lines that connect to other types, like those lines do mean something. So we all have a number that we go to when we're stressed and we all have a number that we go to when we're in growth or when we're healthiest. And so for example, using the seven, the seven, when they're stressed, will go to the unhealthy qualities of the one. And that can look like being like highly critical of themselves and other people, maybe perfectionistic tendencies, a little bit of judgment, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. (laughs) And then so then when you're in your like best state or or like a growth state, is that like when it's your number, your Enneagram number then? When you're in your best spot, you're going to your growth line. So for sevens, that goes to the five and you take on the healthy qualities of your growth number. So for sevens, this looks like kind of for lack of better words, like chilling out, like you're able to kind of pause, think things through, you know, rely more on like research or, or spend more time, you know, just like thinking things through and in general, instead of being impulsive Um, and like able to just like be by yourself and, sit alone and and things like that. Really interesting. Uh, Okay. So you don't believe in, or you don't suggest the quiz being like maybe the best way to figure out your, your best fit of an Enneagram number. Um, Take me on a journey. Like if I were to come to you and I had no idea what the Enneagram system Mm -hmm. is and I was like, who are you? Enneagram what? Like where? Plug me into your journey and tell me what that would look like to discover my Enneagram number. Yeah. So like I said, tests are a great place to start because especially, you know, some of the tests will give you results in the form of like a pie chart or they'll rank your types. Um, And those are like the tests that are okay. The tests that I'm talking about are the ones that say like, you are a seven or Mm -hmm. you are a three because people will trust those responses and just like go on with their life. And then I, I end up seeing so many people who like test as a specific type, and then that might actually be who they are when they're stressed. Right. For example, I know somebody recently that I was working with who thought she was a one for so long and then realized she was a seven and she just was that stressed out, but she looked like a one. So then she was answering the test with, you know, behaviors that look like a one, but the reason was because she was a stressed out seven. So take the test and then, you know, have those top three results and then do your own research or hire somebody to help you figure out, okay, from those top three results, say I score high for a seven, a one and a six, you know, which one am I actually, and which one do I look like, you know? 
Yeah. And then, um, so like for you, do you offer like coaching sessions with people Mm -hmm. for that then? So if someone's like, Hey, I need help kind of figuring out a little bit more what I've got going on, you work with them one-on-one to try to figure stuff out on their own. Yeah. So I help people figure out their type, Mm -hmm. um, where I will like have people send, or I will send people a test. They'll send me like their top three scores And then I create like, it's almost like an interview, like interview questions where I'm asking them specific questions to try to get to the motivation of why people are doing things. Because again, when you're taking tests, you know, they might ask you a question like, um, do you feel like you are more prone to like go out and explore or stay in on the couch? You know, and in when you're taking those tests, you have to a pick one or the other, mm-hmm. knowing that like there are probably sometimes you like to explore and sometimes you like to stay in on the couch. So you have to pick one, but then you're not able to explain, well, this is why I like to go out and explore. And so that's what I help people do is to really think through why do I do these things? And that's what makes up your Enneagram type. Fascinating. Huh. Do you find that certain Enneagram types are attracted to certain kind of um, jobs and careers and industries, or is it that we're just all jumbled together? So there are always going to be, you know, some things that make sense or like you can explain in that sort of way. Um, You know, for service providers, it's technically people who are like able to be around people, right? So like, You have to be okay with being around people for sevens, for example, they love people, twos love people, um, you know, sixes, nines, things like that. Um, And what I always say is like anybody can do anything. It's just utilizing those like natural strengths that you might have based on your type and knowing the things that might not come as naturally to you and like growing in those areas. So for I always use this with like leadership. Like there are types who might be more like natural leaders. And it's not saying that other types can't be leaders. It's just how do we get you to do that? So similarly with service providers, it's not saying like, oh, if you're a five and you're more introverted that you wouldn't be able to do that. It's just let's be aware of those qualities and learn how to nurture them in order to be the best version of yourself. Right. And then I have to imagine that um, if you play on your specific strengths, like let's say you're in a career, like I'm a seven in a career of service providing, Mm -hmm. uh, that really lights me up and makes me feel inspired. I bet, I, I would guess that there's like a bit more fulfillment In that regard, if you're like leaning into something that really serves you, that like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, plays on your, uh, what were you saying? Not your strengths, but your like your motivation behind things. And so that's why I was wondering if you'd see that in different careers Mm -hmm. and then like where you would see like the obvious, the service providers, the people pleasers, the the people lovers, but then the other ones uh, that might be like, no, I don't want to talk to people. I just want to do this thing that makes me feel valued in other ways if that's more common. Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. So I, I'd like to try to tie this to my audience with, you know, hairstylists and serving their people. So um, let's play like a little scenario here. Okay. Yeah. So you you said you're a, you're a two or you're a three? I'm a two. You're a two. Okay. So um, we'll just use me and you for an example here because I know I'm a seven and you know you're a two. Okay. So mm-hmm. you're a two and you're going to come get your hair done by me, who's a seven. Mm-hmm. 
as a seven, I, I tend to be a little more um, outgoing and like talkative and like, I'm, I like feeding on people's energies, right? Mm-hmm. How can I best serve you as a two in my chair? Yeah. So I, twos are, twos can be similar to sevens in this way where like they can be talkative and energetic and things like that as well. Um, you know, what twos might struggle with, I think about this is like, if they don't like something, they might have a hard time like speaking up about it. Mm. So, you know, those are the, um, characteristics I can think about like specifically when it comes to like having a service be provided for it too mm-hmm. but as far as like the conversation in the chair like they're going to be here for the conversations like they love not just like hearing um like the conversation between the two of you but if there are like other people in the room like they really want to be like in tune with everybody and so twos you know are very in tune with like other people's emotions and and feelings and needs and so they might also inquire to you about like your life you know like I want to um like dig deep into like what you're going through or your experiences and for seven specifically you know they don't like like negativity so some of those like harder feelings or emotions might be difficult for like a seven to share mm-hmm. but um twos want to make sure like the conversation is not on, not just on them right right and that it feels more like authentic kind of yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay that's yeah. interesting because I, I have just like what's the weather or totally. like what did you do this weekend like I want to go deep and talk about your life story yeah I, I can <laughs> like immediately think of conversations I've had with clients of mine that I know would probably identify as like a seven and like yeah. we're just ping-ponging talk about talking about like nonsense basically the whole time yeah. and it's just like it's basically just entertaining we're like laughing mm-hmm. not yeah. talking about anything serious or like mm-hmm. deep or real and it's a great time and then I've had other times where I've had clients in my chair that yeah they like to get a little deeper and it's kind of like oh okay yeah <laughs> like for me like I have a to therapy like, okay. session yeah. yeah I'm like okay we're doing this you know um okay that's fascinating so that, and then but, you probably have people who like don't want to talk at all totally you know? and those are going to be specific types as well Right. But I've had to like kind of fumble around to figure that out. Like I kind of go into my like usual spiel when I'm getting to know someone. And then I kind of start to realize like, oh, there's not a lot of feedback coming back or like, Mm -hmm. you know, this person's being a little more quiet. And so now in my career, I'm to the point where I can be like, hey, would you appreciate just not talking? Like, I'll just like say it, but it's taken me a long time to get comfortable to doing Mm -hmm. that. I used to just kind of be like, oh, okay, I guess they don't yeah. want to talk to me. I'll just do my thing. So I think it'd be really helpful to know ahead of time. Um, but then that thing that you said about a, a two not being comfortable to say when they don't like something, I'm like, oh my God, girl, that would be so good to know going yeah. into an appointment at the end to be like, hey, like, are you, do you like this? I want to make sure that you actually like it. And like, it's okay if you don't, you can tell me because you can kind of play into those pieces of them that they're not going to offer up as easily. Yeah, totally. That is so fascinating. I almost want to make like a, um, Enneagram cheat sheet with you or something, you know what I mean? To where you can be like, Hey, hairstylist, or like, I just think hairstylist because that's who I am. But like, if you're talking to this person, this is the dynamic you should watch out for or lean into or whatever. Right. Um, okay. just like service provider, you know, like yeah. you're providing a service and like somebody's not happy with that service. Like these are the types that are going to 
have a hard time saying something. Whereas like eights and ones, like they'll be pretty direct with you. you Oh my God. My husband is an eight through (laughs) and through. It's hilarious. He thought the whole Enneagram thing was kind of like eye rolly. Um, a couple years ago when I first found it, he's like, come on, these things are made so that anyone can find anything to attach to, you know, to identify as a number. And I was like, okay, Let's do yours then. And so I did this like lengthy quiz with him. We get to the end and I'm describing an eight to him. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's like the opposite of me. He's, he'll just like say it like it is, has no problem. You know, he's very confident in his feelings yeah. and kind of like doesn't care what other people think about him. Right. Yep. That's pretty so much funny. Neat. Yeah. Do you help a lot of people with um, like personal relationships with their Enneagrams too? Like I would imagine this would come into play with like marriages and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, totally. Um, That's probably where I've seen like the most impact with, well, not just in in other people's like workplaces, but in, you know, romantic relationships, friendships, uh, family relationships, you know, just being able to like understand like kind of what you were saying about your husband, like understand those things on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Do you know at what age you can kind of start to understand someone's Enneagram number? Cause like you have young kids and so do I. So I'm like curious about this part. Yeah. So you can't tell people's Enneagram types until like they have the ability to communicate why they're doing something. And that's because like, let's say, for example, I'm looking at, I always use my nephew as an example. Let's say I'm looking at my nephew who is um, six and is very concerned about like order and putting things away and things being in a specific straight line and coloring in the lines, things like that. I could look at that and be like, oh, wow, like he's pretty into like perfection. He might be a one, but I don't know why he's doing those things. And obviously at six, like he also doesn't know why he's doing those things. And so I always say like when, unfortunately, when they're a teenager is really when you can start to like have those conversations and, and to figure out their type, but you can figure out how to to parent effectively based on your type. Darn it. I was like, I was like, I'd love to be able to figure out my eight-year-old right now. She is a pickle for me. (laughs) I know everybody wants to do that. And it would be so amazing if we could, you know. Right, right. I've kind of um, dove into the love languages thing um, as well, which I think are kind of fun to learn about. And I've thought often, like, what are my kids' love languages? But I think it changes like weekly. Right. Just when I think I've got them dialed in, I'm like, oh, wait, they're still kind of growing and changing. So you can't really figure that out. Right. Unfortunately. But I like the aspect of like knowing yours from a parenting perspective, because Mm -hmm. then you can kind of understand why maybe you're reacting the way you are. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. And you and your husband and how you kind of like parent together, you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious um, with so you said you got into uh, Enneagrams early in your career in psychology, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, At what point were you like, this is going to be okay? well, let me backtrack. Quick question. Uh, Online social media stuff. Do you bring in clients from there? Because you've got like a pretty decent oh, following yeah. on there. Okay. Yes. So is that where you meet most people? Okay. Yeah. So at what point were you like, this is going to be something that's going to be like a moneymaker on the side yeah. for me, right? Because you are you yeah. said you're um, teaching as well. Yeah. Um, so just like tell me about that dynamic and like how that developed for you. 
Yeah. So I was working in the helping field. I um, have always worked. Well, I say this, but now it's been several years, but I had always worked in like the domestic violence, sexual assault prevention field. And so I was doing that when I created my account and I came home one day and said like, I think that I have to like start to get trained in this because so many people were asking me for help in figuring out their types. That was really, you know, what kind of started it is like, I need help figuring out my type. And I would help people naturally because I'm a two. And then I'd be like, why am I doing, why am I doing this? Like I could be making money from helping people do this. So I went and got certified. And then at that point, my account just kept growing and growing and growing to the point where I was serving people and helping people figure out their type and doing some coaching. And then I ended up quitting my job um, in January of 2020, which was a crazy time. Oh, convenient timing. <laughs> yes. Yes. So obviously panic ensued yeah. because I was like, oh no, we're stuck at home. But um, what people learned in that time was uh, to do things virtually. And so that's kind of where like my virtual business took off in being able to work with companies and organizations as well as still individuals to help them kind of strengthen their relationship with self and others. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know prior to speaking to you today that there was like a certified Enneagram program yeah. that you can do. Multiple. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so there, there, it must be a growing field then I would imagine. It is. And a lot of um, like therapists are, are starting to utilize the Enneagram in their practice as well. So then they're becoming like certified to be able to use that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's most fascinating about it too, is that it's picked up by professionals. It's it yeah. makes it seem more legitimate and not just like this book of love languages. That's yeah, like, you know what yeah. I mean. Like it's kind of like yeah. la. Like well, that's what some people cool. like don't even realize that it's as old as it is, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's just this new concept that was created, and in reality, like it's been around for several years. It's just now gaining popularity. Yeah. Yeah. And so you still teach now, you said, right? Yeah. So I teach part-time really just because I love it. <laughs> uh-huh. Like in a in a college setting? Is yeah. That mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, at what point, like if if you were to make enough or do enough with the Enneagram coaching, would you walk away from teaching? So <laughs> I was supposed to walk away. Oh, but I girl, keep getting, me too. Yeah, I keep getting... <laughs> Pulled back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, and that's part of me being a two, I think, is like I love and I've been doing it for so many years now that like I've been with students since they were freshmen. Then they got like a bunch of them just graduated last year. And so it's, you know, it's like the relationship thing for me as a two, where I'm like, I want to see these relationships through. Um, but now my husband works with me. And so it's kind of, you know, teaching is just like another thing kind of that I do, you know, so there's just a lot um, going on that I never, you know, five years ago would have thought that like, we would be here doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Good for you. I love asking that question to my fellow hairstylists that I interview. Um, Yeah. Because it's like a passion project for us doing hair. And then, you know, I see this kind of tipping point that we get to as uh, digital entrepreneurs, right? And then we're still doing the thing that we love where we're like serving people uh, in person. And like, at what point do we kind of like let one go and then take on the other all the way? Yeah, I know. And and for 
um, me as a two, it's like, oh, if you continue to tell me that I'm doing a great job and that you want me to be there, like, oh, I'll keep showing up and being there. That's so funny. I, I feel that way too, even. Um, yeah. I'm like, maybe I should take the the Enneagram test again. <laughs> like where, what headspace was I in when I took it? So I don't for, know. But for sevens, you know, and what, what you're talking about is probably like all of the experiences that you get to have, you know, yes. whereas like for twos, it's mostly like the relationships and the connections and like feeling validated by those. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's so cool. Um, okay, Ashton, will you tell me for my listeners, if they want to soak up more from you, what do you have to offer and where can they find you? Yeah. So I do, like I said, that one-on-one coaching where I help you figure out your type, or if you want to go deeper, you can do that as well. I also have courses and workshops and digital products, like literally anything that you could want to learn about the Enneagram you can find that at enneagramashton.com or follow me on Instagram at enneagramashton. And I would love to connect. Would you recommend people maybe like reaching out to you and asking, is it like an individual basis of like where you would plug someone in along your customer journey? Or is there just kind of like, just, you know, uh, the world is your oyster pick as you choose. So it depends if people don't know their type and really want to start, you know, from, scratch like that would be where I would start with the discover your Enneagram type session okay um if people are like oh I'm kind of familiar with this topic and I want to learn more then like courses might be you know the best Mm -hmm. um point of action but it really does depend on like the customer and what they want to learn right and then um I love the posts that you do where you're like um and an Enneagram seven would do this in this situation or an Enneagram nine would do this. Do you do a newsletter with something like that that you send out or anything like that? So, yeah. So you can also find that on my website where you can get a free um, guide on all nine types and then be plugged into my email list as well. Perfect. I think I'm going to go sign up for that yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and and sharing this with us. I feel like any way that I can try to impact my industry for the better, I think is why I'm here. And I I think there is a place for something like this as a service provider dealing with real humans, you know? Um, And so I think this is just really going to add a lot of value to my listeners' lives. So thank you for being here and sharing with me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to see what people think and how they utilize it and all of the things that they're doing. Oh, I know they're going to like it. I can yeah. tell you that. Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, um, I'll let you get on to your, your family and your busy life here. And uh, again, thanks for being here and we'll just be in touch. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye. See, I told you we'd bring it back around to make it relevant for our beauty industry selves, right? I just think any way that we can help shape our customer experience and or the communication with our customers, the better chance that they're going to come back to us and, you know, increase that like no trust factor. And this is just a really fun and like creative way to do that, I think. So I hope you got some value out of this interview with Ashton and kind of a better idea of what the Enneagram system is. Now, if you do want to go take a quiz, like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, she does have a link on her episode or her, um, excuse me, website 
to a quiz you can take. She also has a downloadable freebie that is a guide to the nine types. And that's just like an email that you give her and then you get the freebie. And then if you want to dive a little deeper, Ashton actually wrote a book called The Enneagram Made Simple. Now, I'm actually going to go buy this today because I want to learn more about how my Enneagram number interacts in the world and all of these cool things. And so all of those resources will be linked for you in the show notes here, along with Ashton's website and social media. So if you would like to get a hold of her and work with any one-on-one coaching or you have any any other questions related to the Enneagram, she is your girl. So as I always like to say, thank you so much for listening, my friend. And until next time, have a great hair day and I'll see you then. Okay. Bye. Hey friend, Crystal here, and I've got something special for you. That's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind the chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.